Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Rodney, and this is Will, my son. So Father's Day, we're doing a shared Bible reading. Um, the Bible passages, we're going to look at two passages, both from Deuteronomy. So firstly, I'll get you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 12. And then depending on how tricky you are, you might better stick your finger in Deuteronomy 26, or um, we'll tell you again in a moment if, you, uh, if you're not so good with that, or if you have an app. Don't stick your finger into your phone. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 12, we're going to be reading verses 1 to 14. Okay, this is God's word. These are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to possess, as long as you live in the land. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every spreading tree, where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and burn their Asherah poles in the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods, and wipe out their names from those places. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, but you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. There, bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, what you have vowed to give, and your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. There, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you've put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. You're not to do as we do here today, everyone doing as they see fit, since you've not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. But you'll cross the Jordan and settle on the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. And he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. Then, to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, there you are to bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, and all the choice possessions you have vowed to the Lord. And there rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites from your towns who have no allotment or inheritance of their own. Be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings any way you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose in one of your tribes. And there observe everything I command you. Now from Deuteronomy 26, 16 to 19. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws. Carefully observe them with all your hearts and all and with all your soul. You have declared this day that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you will keep his decrees, commands and laws, that you will listen to him and the Lord has declared this day that you are his people his treasured possession, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor, high above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he promised. 
thanks Rodney and Will, and thanks Will for being late to Capacity Kids for us. Um, keep your Bible open. We'll be looking across these chapters. If you were here last week, it was pretty heavy going last week, and I said to um, Steve Young, who's also out with KPC Kids, this week will be shorter and lighter. So we're not going to touch on every single verse in these 10 chapters or 11 chapters. We're just having a, a high view look across it, similar to what you might have done in growth group during the week. But let's pray as we do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. We thank you for these laws and decrees and commands in Deuteronomy. Lord, we pray that as we look at them and think about them, we pray that you would grow our appreciation of the fact that you are a holy God. Please grow our understanding of what it means to be people who live for you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We all know that rules can only go so far, don't we? I mean, it's Father's Day. We, only, we know that rules can only do so much. So we have speed limits. They help. They, they make a big difference. But they don't make everyone obey the road rules, do they? Here at a school, we're meeting in a school hall, they have lots of rules at this school. And they go a long way to helping the behaviour of the kids at this school, but kids still do the wrong thing. And in your homes, you may have rules, but you don't really want rules, do you? You want everyone in the house to kind of love each other and look out for each other. You want that to be the way that things go. So last week when we um, started looking at these chapters in, of the law in the middle of Deuteronomy, we came to chapter 6, verse 5. And Moses said to um, the people of Israel, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You look at that and you think, yeah, it's love that will lead the people of Israel to want to obey God, to want to live in a way that's pleasing to God. Rules only go so far. Um, if all you do is keep the rules, then all you get is kind of, minimum compliance you just tick the box you do what needs to be done and our sinful nature being what it is well we find shortcuts so we can do less than what the rules are demanding of us but still vaguely tick the box and the laws or the rules even give us ideas of what else we could be doing you look at you think no it's love that leads to willing obedience love for god um, Love that, that makes you want to obey God from, from, the, from your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And so then you come to the New Testament and you see in the New Testament, that's what Jesus says when he's um, asked what the greatest commandment is. He quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. That's how you sum up the law. It's all about loving God and living for him. For Israel, if they could love the Lord, well they would be obedient because they want to please God. And as they willingly obey, do what God wants, then they'll be a different people, a transformed people. They'll become a people that look more like what God would want them to look like. Um, obedience will change them and make them stand out as different to the nations around that are ignoring God. And as they stand out as different, that's what it means to be holy, to belong to God, to be his, wholly his. I don't know, growing up, um, your family might have uh, got a name for itself in different ways. Our family, we, there was one way we got a name for ourselves, and that was uh, we'd go out for dinner or we'd have people at our place, and 
sure enough, um, myself or one of the three brothers would drop something, break something, spill something. It became known as doing a Blanco. And so we had a reputation. We were identified by this, this habit that we had. That's the way these things work. Like you become known for who you are and what you do. And there may be other more positive things that your family became known for. You may be a family that's become known for being punctual, for being reliable, for being trustworthy. That's, it's Father's Day. If your dad is trustworthy, reliable and punctual, then you follow your dad's example and you become known for that. It becomes something that you do. You're known as the people that are always on time. It'd be like that with Israel. If they love the Lord their God, obey him, live like he wants him, them to live, well, they're going to stand out as being God's people, the God people, the people that live for him. In the end, that is what it means to be holy, to be distinctive, to belong to God like that. Um, but driving it all is 6 verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love God with everything that you are. We didn't really get into, someone pointed out, we didn't get into that last little bit last week. With all your strength, it's hard work to keep living for God, to keep loving God and living for him. Keep working at it. Make every effort. It doesn't come naturally. So this lesson that you find in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, it carries through to the New Testament, to New Covenant Christians. And so when you, you see Jesus' words, he says, if you love me, keep my commands. Sounds very similar, doesn't it? Love will lead to obedience. Christians are similar to Israel, um, similar to Israel on the plains of Moab, waiting to go into the promised land as God tells them, this, how, this is how you're to live in the land. They're to love and obey God in everything. Similarly, us as Christians, we're to love and obey Jesus in everything. And as we willingly live for Jesus, we start to become Jesus people. We stand out as different, as holy. We'll come back to us later, again later in the sermon, but let's keep thinking about these passages in Deuteronomy. So when you look across um, Deuteronomy chapters 5 to 28, a couple of weeks ago I said the first four chapters lead you into this, this book. They're the, the first talk that Moses gave, or the first sermon you could call it, that Moses gave to the people of Israel waiting to go into the promised land. And then chapters 5 through to 28 are the, the chunky bit in the middle, the law in the middle. The first one was like a history lesson. Don't do what your parents did. Love and obey God. These chapters in 5 to 28 list all the rules. And then after that, you come to looking to the future, kind of recommitting to living for God, that kind of idea. Um, what I want to do in the next few minutes is do a very, very, very quick, fast, high-level Father's Day flyover of chapter 12 to 26. And so this is the point where it might actually be handy if you look at the, at the headings in your Bible. So the headings are, uh, I think, that the translators have added. Um, but as you look at the headings... In this case, they give you an idea of what lies underneath them. But what I want you to notice is, as you look, you can flick through, as you flick through these 10 chapters, what I want you to notice is just how comprehensive God's laws and commands are. It touch, they touch on everything, every area of the Israelites' lives. Every part of everyday life is impacted by these laws. And so as you flick through, you'll find... Um, you're looking at these NIV headings and you're flicking along. You glance across, there's laws which kind of build on the Ten Commandments, expand on the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, are like the, the example is, do not murder. Very short, very succinct. But you keep reading on through and you find, you come to chapter 19 and you discover, well, 
What happens if you accidentally or unintentionally kill? It can happen. Well, chapter 19 tells you about having um, cities of refuge, places you can flee to if that were to happen. And you keep flicking through, you come to chapter 21, and there you've got instructions or laws on how to make atonement for an unsolved murder. That's just two little examples of how these laws and decrees and commands, um, they give more details to the Ten Commandments. They extend the Ten Commandments. And then there's um, other laws and decrees in here that are so detailed that they teach us that there is nothing that is not relevant to God. Or put it another way, obedience to God is exhaustive. Or there's nothing which God isn't concerned about or concerned with. If you're living for God, every part of every day of life is impacted by that. And so, for example, if you have a look at chapter 22, verse 10, it says, do not plough with an ox and a donkey yoked together. And you're probably thinking, why would you do that? But why would that matter to God? Why would he be concerned? Why does God care about the way you plough your field or the way you manage your animals? It starts to make you think. This, these laws, they, 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 they cut in on everyday life. Well, there's another one in chapter 22, verse 11. Don't wear clothes of wool and linen woven together. I haven't checked this morning. But you think, this, these laws, they cut in on everything. There'll be reasons behind them, reasons why God is asking for these things. But that's just two examples of the comprehensiveness of God's um, expectations of his people living in the land. God expects obedience in every part of life. So there's laws that they, they extend the Ten Commandments. There's laws which teach the exhaustive nature of obedience. And then there's laws which um, remind the people of just how holy their God is. Remember, if you look back up in chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then it goes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. There is only one God. He is unique. He stands out there on his own. There are laws which remind the people that God is holy. He's set apart. He's distinct. He's separate. And so you see all that when you come to the beginning of the passage, the bit that Rodney read. When you look at chapter 12, it, it starts like this. It goes 12 verse 1. These are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to possess as long as you live in the land. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. Clear out the places where people worship their gods. Verse 3 of chapter 12. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones and burn their asherah poles in the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places. As they come into the land of Canaan and take possession of it, they've got to remove all signs of these other gods. And 12 verse 4, you must not worship the Lord your God in their way. God will be worshipped in the way that God wants to be worshipped. And you look at verse 5, who will be worshipped where he wants to be worshipped. 12 verse 5, but you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all the tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. The detailed laws teaching the people that God is holy, God is distinct, you must worship him alone, and he expects to be treated as the only God. And so when you consider all the 
old covenant sacrifices, they teach that same thing, don't they? We, we are sinful human beings. We can't come into the presence of holy God. Um, to do that, particular sacrifices need to be made. Rules need to be followed. Sacrifices are required. So without going into really any of the details, we've kind of skipped across a couple of points in these 10 chapters. I'm just trying to show you how comprehensive obedience to God is for Israel. The exhaustive way God is to be acknowledged in all of their lives. There's laws that extend the Ten Commandments. There's laws that show nothing's irrelevant to God. Everything matters. And there's laws which remind that God is holy. And now come to the bits that... um, at the other end of the passage, just to see how chapter 26 winds up. This is some of the stuff that Will read. So 26 verse 16. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws carefully. Observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. You've declared this day that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you'll keep his decrees and commands and laws, that you will listen to him, And the Lord has decreed this day that you are his people, his treasured possession, and he's promised, as he promised, and that you you are to keep all his commands. In verse 19, he has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor, high above the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he promised. You can get the picture, can't you? It's God's people living for him in the place of his choosing. God's people in God's land under God's rule, distinct, holy, set apart for God. Um, Israel were to be that, set apart for God, his people, a people that belong to God. And so last week we saw, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This week you start to see how that will mean obedience to God in every area of your, love, of your life. Obedience is motivated by love, but obedience that also makes us makes them holy, distinct, standing out. And so that when we come back to us, what about us? Um, we're not old covenant Israelites. We we aren't bound to the old covenant. You saw that in Hebrews. Um, we're new covenant Christians. But the lesson in Deuteronomy twelve to twenty six, it's not restricted to the old covenant. It's a lesson that carries through into the New Testament, into the new covenant. Jesus makes it possible for us to stand out as holy, like they were to stand out as holy. Jesus makes it possible for us to be forgiven sinners, able to come into God's presence, people who are declared righteous in God's eyes, holy to him. That all happens through Jesus' death in our place on the cross. There's nothing more that we need to do to be right with God. We don't need to keep following laws and following rules that won't make us right with God. We trust in Jesus and everything he has finished, all that he has done. And then as Christians, God is writing his law on our hearts, like the Old Testament prophets said would happen. Um, God works in us, in our consciences, um, by his spirit, convicting us of sin, pushing us back to Jesus, pushing us to want to live for him. And so it's our desire to love God with all our heart and with all our soul, and with all our strength, and we show our love to God by being obedient to his son, obedient to Jesus. And so you come back to that passage where in John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. 
Um, we've looked through 1 Peter at church last term. And as you look through 1 Peter, the Apostle Peter uses the Old Testament, Old Covenant language to describe us, New Covenant Christians, as a royal priesthood in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. A holy nation, God's, God's special possession, his people declaring his praises in the world. And as God's people, we want to be obedient. We want to be holy. We want to be growing in godliness. But our motivation, it isn't to keep rules. Our motivation isn't legalism. It's love and gratitude. And you see that clearly in Titus. I know we're jumping around a bit, so I'll put the words on the screen behind me. Titus chapter 2, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, "For, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the, of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. If you look at verse 12, it's God's grace. It's God's grace on the cross that teaches us to be godly. We look at what Jesus has done. That teaches us, motivates us to be, to be godly. You look at verse 13, and it's the hope of Jesus' return. The hope of his return that shapes how we live. So God's grace at the cross in the past and the hope of Jesus' return motivates us, works at our hearts, changes us to be people who want to live for God. Rules, rules only go so far. Being godly is not about following rules. It's about your heart being transformed by the gospel of Jesus. And so as we look at God's rules in Deuteronomy, we're reminded that godliness is never about following the rules. And it was never that way in the old covenant either. In the old covenant, it was meant to be an expression of love. But under the new covenant, God's working on our hearts, changing us so that we can be like him. Um, Reading Deuteronomy as Christians, it helps us helps us see what God is like, helps us see what sin is like and makes us want the gospel of Jesus all that much more. Free forgiveness in his name. Um, One more passage to throw into the mix as you think about what it means for us to be godly, to be holy, to be distinct. Um, The Apostle Paul again in Romans 12. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Look at that and think, well, how are you going at offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God? Doing that out of an appreciation of his mercy, his grace, doing that out of a love for God, love for Jesus I reckon we have good days and I reckon we have bad days but every day is a good day to say sorry to God to say thank you for Jesus and to pray that God would continue to work in you to change you and as you you seek to be like that yes we will become different we'll become Jesus people we'll become people um, who express the gospel in our lives People will see the way that we treat each other. They'll see that we belong to, to Jesus as his disciples. We've kind of done, you know, the Father's Day flyover of 10 chapters. There's much, much, much more in there. But as you read through those, those chapters in, De- in Deuteronomy, they shape your understanding of what it means to be holy, 
what it means to be sanctified, what it means to be God's people. As New Testament Christians, it means trusting in Jesus every day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would teach us to love you. Lord, we pray that you would teach us to trust you. We pray that you'd teach us to obey Jesus in everything. And Father, as we pray these things, we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for changing us from inside out. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to work in us, making us into people who belong to you. Father, we pray for the way that we live. We pray that we would make the gospel attractive to others around us too. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.